Hey, welcome to the All In Podcast. This week I had Danny Harris, who is the founder of Game Day. Now, I will let him explain what Game Day is, but essentially it is an app and a platform that allows athletes to monetize their personal brand, athletes of all sizes. So this episode is for you if you are an athlete, young or old, uh, professional or amateur, and you're interested in the athlete marketing space. Um, if you are interested at all in sport business or sport marketing or interested in his story of entrepreneurship, which we touch on later on in the episode. Now, Danny does a great job at explaining what his business actually does, how he founded it, and how he became an entrepreneur himself. I will say it was really cool as someone who does work in athlete marketing to hear about how the mission has become about athlete empowerment with his business, because I truly believe that giving athletes a larger platform and allowing them to take control of their brand is so important. So without further ado, let's go all in. This is your host, Natalie Allport, and on this podcast, we dive into the mindset, knowledge, and stories behind inspiring and passionate individuals who know what it takes to go all in. So whether you're here for motivation, to learn something new, or just real conversation, I'm humbled you're listening and stoked to go all in with you. Well, thanks, Danny, for coming on the podcast. This week, we're joined by Danny Harris. And um, my first question for you is, what is GMDY? What does it stand for? What do you do and what are you building? Yeah, Natalie, thanks for thanks for having me on the show. Um, GMDY is game day. Um, really creative, took the vowels out and uh, <laughs> shrunk it together. Uh, the domain was available, so I uh, I hopped on it. So um, at a high level, game day is the premier real time consumer and analytics engine, and we're focusing on sports today. But what that means for fans and what that means for athletes is a new way to engage. It's a new way for athletes to connect with their fans and their followers by by showcasing the products and the brands that really make them who they are. So think of it as a personalized store that an athlete can have and share that to their fans and followers. It It lets the fans and followers really understand what are you connected with? What is actually helping you become this premier athlete? And it allows the fans and followers to ultimately decide, hey, if I wanted to buy this, where would I go do this? And we want to streamline that process and make that as simple as possible. Really cool. So is, it, is that a platform where they're actually just promoting their existing sponsorships or are they creating new products themselves? So what we do is we, an athlete has a profile on the platform. It allows fans to follow them. And we're, we're actually putting in the events that these athletes are participating in. So if, if it was a competition, a snowboarding competition, we would have that on there as connected with that, with, with you as the athlete. And we would then for that particular event, imagine a fan watching that, that event on TV and the snowboard or the gloves, the goggles, the helmet, the jacket, really everything that they're in, uh, in competition with, we want to present that to the fans because Ultimately, fans are being influenced by all of that content and wanting to discover what actually does Natalie wear as her goggles. You can't always tell. And so it mm-hmm. just gives fans that opportunity to do some research about it. And then ultimately, we want to drive that consumer engagement. So it's uh, to answer your question, it's the products and brands that athletes have endorsement deals with. But you might not have a goggle deal. You might not have uh, a shoe deal. but it's what you enjoy wearing. It's what's comfortable for you. And so we want to help actually to create that discovery opportunity for the fans to understand that this is ultimately what you choose to wear, you choose to use and give fans that direct access. Mm, right. Because a lot of the young athletes are looking to these other athletes coming up and looking at like, what are they wearing? What are they using? Um, yep. Making a lot of their purchase decisions from that, especially myself coming from the snowboard world. That's entirely where everything comes from. Right. It's like it's not even just who at the top has the pro model snowboard. It's also yeah. just like, OK, that local rider, what board are they using? Um, what goggle are they using? Because a lot of those decisions, it comes directly from those influencers. And it's really cool to see how things are really shifting on online, especially with social media and, and now 
apps and programs and storefronts like like you have built because before it was literally like you're at the mountain for example and you see that yeah. favorite rider and you're like oh hey what are you wearing but maybe you're you're too like embarrassed to ask them or whatever it is and now it's really like right there you can be like i saw that guy i'm going to go on you know his profile and, yep. and see what he's wearing so how are people discovering this app now is it through like their existing social channels yeah, so our, our focus um, in these early stages is really partnering with athletes. What we want to do is we want to we want to partner with the athletes to bring all of their content together. Ultimately, game day is responsible for doing that on behalf of the athlete. We want to we want to take care of all of that. Um, there are some things that we may partner with athletes just to understand ahead of time, but we want to take the onus on of of doing all of that curation of content. Um, and really, all we look for our our athlete partners to do is simply share that within their, their social platforms. Maybe right. that's once a month, maybe that's twice a month. We'll figure that part out to understand how quickly are their fans really bringing, uh, coming over to game day and just discovering their profile and starting to follow them. So it could be something as simple as, Hey, I'm going to the mountain. You're taking, you have that piece of content anyways. And then it's just a mention of, Hey, if you're interested in any of this content, follow me on game day, check out my game day profile. What that does is that creates um, truly an authentic way to showcase the fact that you have this game day profile. It's not a sponsored post. It's not an advertisement. This is what you would have posted anyways. And we want to then just use that organic content to just create that awareness for your fans and followers. That's awesome. And what is like the mission behind this? Because for me, I see just as you're talking about it, so many opportunities for that mid-level athlete. Like they don't have the Nike sports deal. They don't have these things, um, especially in my past situation. For example, I would be competing against the top Olympians and the top athletes in the world, but have nearly like nothing close comparable to their budget. My budget would be very small. They're getting paid to go to this event. And I'm like, uh, I have to beat them and make money from this event is the only way I'm going to, I'm really going to get a good payment from this. And so I really see that in the the developing athlete where this is some way where they don't have those huge brand deals, but they can um, monetize in that channel. What, what is the mission? What led you to do this? And is, is that the same vision that you have for, for the business? A hundred percent. So if we, if we turn back the clock two years, I was sitting on my couch watching a, a basketball game. I'm a big golden state warriors fan. Um, oh. they were celebrating. Yeah. They were celebrating Chinese heritage fan. night. <laughs> okay. Uh, fair <laughs> enough. Um, congratulations. We can argue about it um, later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, t- we'll take that offline. Um, so I was sitting on my couch watching them, watching the warriors celebrate Chinese heritage night. Um, they were wearing a red warm-up, which is not their traditional colors, obviously. And that caught my attention. And so I then went through that process of trying to figure out where can I buy it? What is it? And if I could have bought it, I would, I would own it today. And the reality is that I don't, I don't have it. I went, to, I went to Amazon. I went to Fanatics. <laughs> I went to Foot Locker. I went through that process. And I realized that for fans, it's more experience-based. The experience right. was me watching that game. And, under, and really wanting to connect the dots on the commerce side or just simply product discovery side to say that this event featured this. Mm-hmm. It featured these athletes. These athletes were wearing this and wanting to create really that data set that can bridge the gap between the events and the experiences that fans have and that discovery and commerce side. And so that was the initial, that was the initial vision was really just wanting to give sports fans and followers that direct access. Right. Now, fast forward a couple, you know, a year later, as we had started building the product, and I now started having the conversations with athletes like yourself, the agents, the business managers, what we really what I really came to realize is that there's a huge gap in the opportunities for for athletes, especially underrepresented athletes Mm -hmm. in underrepresented sports, Olympic athletes, um, soccer in in the United States, lacrosse, you know, there's so many sports, there's so many athletes that exist that aren't the top 1%, the top 5% in the world who are making $100 million. Right. And so what we realized was really three, th- three key things for athletes that the game day platform benefits. Really, it's a, we want to bring together and really create that, that one-stop discovery engine for your fans. We want to be able to bring together everything that you represent. Two, we want to help you monetize that. So as your fans and followers are shopping through your profile, we share in that revenue. So we want to be able to pay you for having that influence because every athlete has influence. It just, 
it's just a different range of influence, right? Yeah. And that was exactly what you were saying a little bit, you know, a little while ago. So it's the influence that we want to help you monetize. Um, and three, we actually, my mission is to prove to your brands that you have relationships with that you're actually worth more than they're paying you for. Mm-hmm. So we want to, we want, we want to empower you with the data that is showing that you're influencing behavior and you're influencing consumer activity that you can then take to a brand to say, I influence this activity. We can either have a relationship or I can go elsewhere to a competitor because I now know truly what I'm worth, what my brand value is. And today that's really only available via shares or likes on Instagram. And that's how that value or how did you perform in that competition? But there's so much more to you as an athlete in how you're carrying yourself, um, whether that's socially or, you know, in any aspect that we want to help you discover actually what that value is. And so it's that measurement data that we want to empower you with to change those conversations. Mm, That's, that's huge because for example, I had a wearable that I've been wearing since the company was first founded basically. And I, and I'm you just tag a, it all the time in your posts. Exactly. And I was an early adopter. Um, I got on it super, super early. And then like within my gym environment, for example, I maybe got a dozen people to, to purchase it. And then when it comes to social media, a ton more. And then recently they reached out to me to create a more formal relationship. And it was like, man, if I was making even just commission off all these sales that I had before, it would have been insane. And so Mm-hmm. having that data and being able to present that is key. Cause a lot of the athletes that I talk to or I work with, they don't have any sort of data that they can, and, and, you know, perhaps they even doubt their influence, which is totally normal as, as athletes, we often doubt we're always in competition. We see these larger athletes and we doubt yeah. what we're doing, but if you have that data and you can present it, that's just another tool in your toolbox to build these bigger relationships with the, with the brands, with the sponsors and make more money ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so really that's our mission is really to empower, empower underrepresented athletes to change the conversation, to really have a, have an equal playing field as they, as you are building your brand um, and really helping maximize those opportunities. Right. That makes so much sense, especially to me when it comes to, for example, the, the conversation around female sports and, and female athletes. There's like, it's just when you look down at, at young girls playing sports, there's a huge market. There's a huge market. But then only 4% of sports media goes to women. Like, I think it's cent, It's like a cent per every dollar that's spent on male sports. Yeah. It's like less than a cent that gets spent on, on female athletes when it comes to like brand endorsements and things like that. So I think it would be so cool for these female athletes, especially even if they're just college, college athletes, um, you know, high school athletes that are influencing all their friends around them. That's huge as well. Um, because yep. it's, it's a big thing, right? Like we see beauty bloggers and all these things and they're, they're raking in huge money from commission, from influence, from, um, brand partnerships. And then we see, uh, female athletes and we're like, actually they are influencing a lot of other females and hopefully, um, you know, men as well, for sure, that are buying products because of them. And yet they're just not getting the dollars. They're not getting the media, but having this is something that they can present and really, you know, have proof. Yep. Yep. And and especially if prior to even that, we're able to help you fund those competitions just through that shared revenue. And then you layer on top of that, that you're at, you know, that extra opportunity, that, that massive data that, that really the reality is that nobody has ever had this data before. You've yeah. never been able to understand how you've truly influenced fan behavior. And so if you had it instead of your brands, then you now have the upper hand. And now you can take your, your talents to anywhere that you want to go as this data becomes available and it becomes, it, it tells, it helps you tell the story. Mm. Yeah, I really love that. The whole concept of athlete empowerment is it's more important than ever, especially this year, just seeing what's been happening with, you know, we're seeing a lot of athletes talking more about about mental health, about being taken advantage of by by brands and all these different things. And that's huge. Did you see recently, I think it was last week, maybe that that photo went viral when and I totally forgot the the football player (laughs) that it was, but he was jumping up with the with the Jordan brand glove. Yeah. And he he generated millions of dollars of in in value when it comes to brand awareness and yet he's not even represented by that brand. Yep. Yeah. It's, 
imagine having being able to capture those fans immediately. And that, again, that's, that's part of that fan opportunity is we want to have that in real time. We wanted to have DeAndre Hopkins profile and know that on that game, like in that game, he was wearing these gloves. Yeah. And so there was that immediate access, that immediate opportunity for fans to capture that, that where their attention is truly captured, not to mention the next day. And for the, the, the past week and a half where that photo has shown up, in so many different places, you can always go back to Hopkins profile for that game. And it's that, it's that uh, historical re- reference, no matter when Gen Zers are watching highlights because they're not, their attention spans aren't able to <laughs> sit and watch an entire event. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't matter what, where you were watching, how you were engaging. It just matters that all you really know, need to know is it was this event on this day and we'll show you everything that's, that's a representation of that. Yeah, that's that's something I want to talk about as well, because when you first mentioned the event experience, that's like a light bulb kind of turned on because, for example, recently um, I was shopping for a split board, which is like a snowboard that like basically splits in half so that you can go into the backcountry mm-hmm. and um, access like mountains that you wouldn't be able to before go ski touring. And so this is something I've never purchased. I always had snowboard sponsors. And so I really just, you know, picked out my board and got it and um, worked with them. I never had to buy, you know, make a big snowboard purchase or anything and now being five years out of the sport I'm like oh my gosh I have to figure this out (laughs) so I'm really lucky that you know I I have professional snowboard friends that I can easily ask who this is like their full-time job is being a backcountry rider and filming but if you don't have access to that it would be so hard to know for example you know that x pro snowboarder is sponsored by um let's say k2 snowboards for example and you go into their profile and you see okay like look closely and you see that they're riding this board Um, but you don't know, like they have so many different boards that they ride for all these different conditions. And so it would, unless I ask them, I'm not going to find out exactly what board is going to work the best for me based on the conditions. What is it that they use, they use when they're filming a backcountry jump versus if they're going, um, you know, in the spring weather somewhere else. And it's really hard to figure that those things out. And so that turned a, turned a light on in my head of how athletes can really use this to go beyond even just their social media posts, because they're not going to post about exactly what they're wearing, what they're doing every single moment, every single day, because they want to make it about their, their journey. They're at an event. They're talking more about the event than exactly what they're wearing. So this is like a, another platform that just complements it. Yeah. And, 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 um, you know, the the way that you talk about it, what, what that, what the way I see that is it helps athletes remain authentic Mm -hmm. and because, because you wouldn't expect, and I don't think athletes want to be walking billboards, especially in social media on Instagram. That's one thing to tag the brand there. And to your point, K2 might have 30 different snowboards. So great. So now, now I know as a fan that this rider rides K2. Okay, great. That, that doesn't really tell me anything more than I probably could have figured out if I just looked at the board itself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're able to drill down to the actual models. We're able to want, we want to show that direct access. The other part is that we're able to now integrate with an athlete's Instagram account. And so okay. we're able to pull in that, their content into their profile. And we'll then take the responsibility of tagging that specific brand level information within their social posts. It, it remains authentic because you as the athlete are just documenting sort of your life, which is how you want to maintain that, that social persona. We'll then take that responsibility because there's always that interest from a fan to understand what actually is it? How can I find it? Um, how helpful was this? And, and truly you as the athlete are that influencer. You could go and you can read product reviews and that's another layer of helpfulness for you as a consumer. But if you truly understand that this helped the athlete, who's ultimately the one that is performing at peak performance, Mm -hmm. then that's that extra that you wouldn't have had before in doing just that general research. And I think that that, that's the, the true realization of that connection between fans and the athletes that they truly care about that is um, is of interest and that we constantly see. And that's really the way that we want to help facilitate those conversations. Yeah, because a lot of pushback that I get maybe from athletes when we talk about these other apps that these other things they can use is there's only so many things that they can do. Their time is extremely valuable as an athlete. 
Um, some athletes aren't quite business minded and uh, just, just posting and then getting them to post consistently on social media is like a task in itself. And so I think you did a really great job at pre-answering the question of why would someone have this instead of just having Instagram? And when it comes down to it, like apps like Instagram, Facebook, their whole goal is making money from like ad revenue. And so of course an athlete can make like a sponsored post and do this thing with their, uh, with their sponsor, but not every post are you ever going to do is a sponsored post. That's just going to really annoy people for starters. Yeah, you'll lose followers. Exactly. And it's, it's in yeah. the brand's favor of then they get the data of like, okay, how many people click the sponsor post and so on. Again, you are not owning that, that data as a creator, as an athlete, as the, the content influencer. That's exactly right. Our, our, my big thing, um, and, and certainly in, in my past careers is that data is, and who owns that data. And so as athletes are partnering with game day, you are the owner of that data. You yeah. decide who you want to share that with. You decide how you want that data to help tell your story. Now you can share that with your agents, business managers, marketing managers, who's ever really helping you. But so many athletes on the underrepresented side are managing it soup to nuts. Yeah. And so if this can be that support mechanism that can drive those conversations and it, you know, ultimately it can get to the point where you can just send this data over if it tells the right story and you can send it to all four goggle manufacturers. Mm -hmm. And then it's, it's all, you know, in the ideal world, it's almost like you come to me when you're ready to have this conversation because we all now know what my value is and I'm continuing yeah. to, to build that. And, um, there's there, the, the proof is in the data and that data is powerful. Um, and so, yeah, we really, we, my big goal is to really help be that, that tool, that facilitator to help you maximize those opportunities um, in, with data that you've really never had access to before. Mm, I love that because a lot of athletes say, okay, do I have to hit 10,000 followers or 5,000 followers or whatever is it to get this deal or reach out to this company? And it's like, I have seen, whether it's business owners or athletes, you know, like make a lot of money or monetize or be influence, influential with even less than a thousand followers. And so not to say that it's not important to grow your brand and your audience, which it is, but there's there's people with millions of followers who can't sell a t-shirt and there's athletes mm -hmm. with 5,000 followers who have teams of kids who are buying everything that they wear because they're like the local hero. Yeah. How the, the, the real question comes down to how authentic are your followers and for micro influencers, you ha one has to believe that they're the most loyal versus 20 million followers and what percentage of those aren't real. So that's again, where so much of the influencer marketing measurement comes from because there isn't any other data to go by. There isn't any ROI truly to reference what, what that can become for an individual um, athlete who's truly an influencer, like break it down to the lowest common denominator, athletes are influencers. So it's still an influencer driven opportunity, mm -hmm. but whether it's questions on followers is engagement real? Are those truly comments coming from authentic accounts or shares or follow like all of that stuff? When you break it down, how best can you determine how important or how influential you are? It's the ROI. It's the consumer activity that you're driving. And it's those fans from micro influencers that I think are the most eligible to benefit um, today as they're growing. And then it's just going to become that much more important for them to showcase that over time. Yeah. Yes. To any athletes that are listening, whether you're a young athlete starting out or you're, you're not quite at the top level yet. And you've been looking at like, how can I get these brand partnerships? This is something to definitely think about and, and to consider because it's going to put the power back into your hands. And it's just, that's, that's everything. And just having that data is like, that's for sure. That's something that we just haven't had before. You know, I would have to go through the process of explaining to a company why they should give me money. Yeah. Um, especially if, for example, there's, there's companies that might want to do athlete type sponsorships, but they've never really 
dived into it before. Like Nike has a plan. They know how much money they're yep. going to offer people, but there's local businesses that, that um, athletes coming up can partner with, but those local businesses need to be explained. They need to be walked through what they're going to get in return. They don't have all the, the data. They don't have an athlete marketing manager um, right. that, that goes out and makes these deals with people. And so having something like this is going to, to give you leverage when you go to these um, brands, you go to these businesses, no matter how many followers you have, you can really tell them like, Hey, I, I know I might have a few hundred followers, but look, I'm driving these sales. These people are yeah. really influenced by what I'm saying. Yep. Yep. And don't let, don't be discouraged or don't be worried about the, the, the amount of effort or the amount of work that you think this is going to take. Um, because we don't want that to be a discouraging factor because mm-hmm. of, of what we believe is so important for you. The yeah. last thing we would want to do is add additional work and so much more effort that takes you away from what's important, which is your career. So let us help you become that partner. Let us take that onus on. Let us assign you to a specific game day team member that's going to help you on that marketing side, help you curate all of that content. And then, yeah, let's look to you to figure out how can we bring this information to your fans? And then let's, let's see. There's nothing that says it's a, it's, it's a etched in stone. There's no contracts. It's just, how can we help you understand more about who you are and what you're representing and how you're helping tell the story for those future conversations? That, that's really what we want to do, especially for athletes today when sports can be taken away in an instant mm-hmm. because of global pandemics. Like yes. then what? Now what do you have? And when you're out of sport, then the argument is you lose that influence. Well, let's help you maintain that opportunity and maximize that while while you, while things remain either questionable or when things pick back up, let's help you drive that forward. Yeah. What are some great examples of like athletes or brand deals that you've seen, I guess maybe focusing more on athletes over this year, over the past pandemic, like athletes who have really leveraged their platform and done a really great job at maintaining that influence and leverage while they might not have sports. Well, I think, you know, um, let's go back to when the pandemic really hit and when, um, and we'll use basketball as the example. Mm-hmm. Now, bas- yeah. you know, the core four, that, that's not a, you know, that's not the underrepresented, although there's 450 players in the NBA and there's probably 400 that are underrepresented because they're not the top 5%. Yeah. So uh, they still fall in the end of that bucket. But um, CJ McCollum, point guard for a guard for the Portland Trailblazers, really hit the nail on the head when uh, two days after the season was suspended, when he went on a podcast and he, he said that he truly believed that a third of the NBA lives paycheck to paycheck. Mm. Now, nobody has disputed that, those metrics. And actually, as it's come up in conversations, everybody says, I believe that. Now, when you look at the, the NBA and you realize that the reality is that a third of those players who you believe are making unbelievable amounts of money to support future generations, the reality is that that's not the case. So what does that mean for every other athlete in every other sport? It is critical for these types of opportunities. Um, It's almost found money in some cases, but if you use that as your base, that means that so many athletes are worried. And it's not, you know, for us to stand back uh, on the fan side to look at every athlete and, and sort of scoff at these at the worries that they might have financially. That's, that is reality. The reality is there for every athlete, just like it is for, you know, the regular fan. And so it, yeah. it, it humanizes that a little bit more to under, for all of us to understand that we really are part of this process and we're all sort of, sort of clawing to, to figure out how we're going to navigate this, this situation. That doesn't answer your question, Natalie, but that, <laughs> that I think was super powerful for me to realize that, um, if this is the case for the NBA players, what does this mean for every other athlete in the world who yeah. doesn't have that platform to stand on and go into a bubble and still continue to play when, you know, when, when things got back to relative normalcy, um, spending billions of dollars to make that happen? 
Yeah, no, totally. I've seen a lot of pro athletes who have been launching a ton of stuff over over the last year when they haven't been playing, whether it's starting podcasts, um, launching merch. Um, merch. Yeah, merch has been huge. They're doing a ton of stuff to try to really monetize in this year that they might be losing income. Um, they're not playing. They know they're not growing their influence. And I think it's an important realization to know that even these top players, because I know a lot of athletes, for example, who might be listening, they come up and they say, I'm going to be the best. Why do I need to worry about any of these things? And my answer always, because that's, that's, I feel like a common misconception or just like a there needs to be a mindset shift around that because one if you are the best you do become the best that is amazing however there's still opportunities that you can take advantage of even further because i've seen it even in snowboarding one of the most winning female snowboarders of all time was extremely underrepresented and underpaid um she there was a lot of athletes coming up who were making a lot more money and it was really unfortunate just by the way you know marketability and things like this um there's a lot of things you know maybe outside of her control that definitely played into that but i think that athletes being able to empower themselves and take control of these things is is only helpful even if you are going to be the best but also remember that it's not going to take anything away if you can use these platforms these things that are people are are trying to help you it's a win-win deal you know for your business and for an athlete and it's not going to take too much time from the athlete and this is going to allow you that if you're not one of those 50 best nba players or whatever it is like realize that maybe the income isn't what you think and um, being yeah. able to have more of this influence, help the the next generation and make more money for yourself, which can be used for whatever influence or help that you want to do or just your daily living, whatever it is, it's yeah. only going to be beneficial. Not to mention social causes. You know, yeah, that, that's, that's part it. of the, you know, there, there has, there's certainty and, and it could be pushback, you know, and I don't want to say pushback, but when people come and say, well, this athlete is already making lots of money. What, what's the re, why should they care about one understanding what their value is because they might have, you know, nine figure deal with a brand right. or, um, they're getting, you know, they have this contract with the team that's paying them an unbelievable amount of money. When we think back to this past year, what are all the social causes that we could, we, we all wanted to get behind. Well, if you can use your influence to help your social causes or help fundraise for those causes, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. So that, 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 that's sort of an easy conversation for us to have when, when there is that conversation of, I'm going to be the best. Why should I care about this? Well, what are you going to do outside of your sport? That's going to help bring, you know, continue to um, positively influence society. Yeah. You're going to want to be involved in so many other things and you may be already be involved. How can you be more involved in that? And if it's your influence that's helping fundraise for that, that's, that's a win-win because it's less work for you. You don't have to write a check for, you know, for, for some of those things. It could just be campaigns through something like the game day platform or selling merch with yeah. proceeds going to your causes. So there's a number of different ways to, change these conversations. And I think specifically what we've seen in the last year with the importance of social causes and taking a stand for whatever it is you stand for, there's those opportunities as well that we can look at to say, this is also part of you and your brand and what you're representing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that deeper why behind why you do what you do, especially when it comes to why you want to make money um, is yeah. is so important. And I think we see like, for example, Patrick Mahomes, the things that he's done this year have been, I think no one has had a better year than Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> I think, like, every time yes. he makes a new post, I'm like, this guy is living the best 2020 of anybody on yep. earth. And, oh. yep. <laughs> and um like truly, truly just, just maximizing all his opportunities, all his brand, everything. And so we saw that he was able to get his, um, his team because of his brand influence to pay for half the expenses of turning in, um, uh, their stadium into a voter, yeah. uh, voter site. And then yep. that was the one thing when he was able to, to leverage his brand and his income, you know, to do when it came to social causes. But at the same time, he was able to have so much leverage with his personal brand that he 
became an investor in multiple uh, sponsorship deals. So instead of yep. just, you know, maybe taking a paycheck from those brands, he actually starts to now own a piece of those companies. And um, that's, that's just huge. I think there's going to be more of that. I, because athletes can participate in companies in so many different ways. And if, and if even those, the micro influencers, if we can figure out how influential can you be within your peer group Mm -hmm. to help grow a company, like those are, those are easy conversations. And now you have your hand in a number of different opportunities and you're sort of pulling on the same rope as those companies and helping them grow. And that's going to help you down the line. You may not benefit from it today, just like the data that game day can help you generate is not going to be beneficial today, but in three months, in six months, it's going to help you. So it's, it's an investment. And you can think of that other opportunity in how can I get involved in these companies, these startups, and utilize my influence in other ways. Think about it as I'm investing in myself in helping you know, um, you know, spread my wings to see what other opportunities are out there. And everybody should want to invest in themselves and see mm-hmm. what opportunities are out there and, and bet on yourself. Because yep. if you're not betting on yourself, who really is? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And especially when it comes to um, convincing athletes that they should be paying attention to personal brand and things like that. It's like, why would you not want to have the freedom to, you know, make the choices, make the choices about what brands you work with and all these things, the more leverage you have, the more opportunities you open up. And I think that's, you know, a big just driving factor in the mindset of athletes. They're pursuing athletes because they want to do what they love. They want to choose what they love to do every single day. And it's the same thing when it comes to your brand and endorsements. If you can have a bigger personal brand, you have this bigger leverage, you have this data, that's going to allow you to partner with more brands that you love, those dream businesses that you can have a great partnership with and not be like, oh my gosh, I have to settle for a paycheck just by going with any business. We don't like, no one wants you to be in that situation as an athlete. You don't want to be in that situation. So I think just why wouldn't you maximize all your opportunities? That's exactly right. Yeah. Create those opportunities, recognize your importance, recognize your value. um, And, you know, continue to use that as the stepping stone for what that means for, to your point, for that why. Don't settle and figure out what's important for you. Uh, And whatever those, those things that are important, then, then go all in just like you would do to with practice or with training and those types of things. Uh, There's opportunities that are out there. Uh, and there's different ways to partner. There's different ways to connect. There's different ways to grow as an individual. Uh, and those are all important aspects to a person and outside of your career, figuring out what is your next going to be. Yeah, totally. So diving a little bit into your story, how did you get started in, in launching this business and how did you get started? I know we touched on it a little bit in entrepreneurship yeah. as a whole, because I believe in your past roles, you weren't a founder. And now in this business, you founded this. How did, how did you make that leap into entrepreneurship? So I've always been a sports fan, uh, okay. for one. So it was, um, you know, so as we look 20 years later or, you know, growing up, I, I loved playing baseball. You know, if I could have been a, uh, professional baseball player, that would have been my, <laughs> my path. Um, yeah. right-handed and five ten doesn't really, um, it, it's, it's less of an opportunity and I just, you know, fizzled <laughs> out, uh, early on. Um, but I, I continued to be passionate about sports. Um, in college, I spent some time working in, the sports information department um, and helping, you know, continue to stay close to sports and being involved in on the collegiate sports side. And that was another thought that I had had from a career perspective. Ultimately I decided that 90 hour weeks um, wasn't really for me, which is, which naturally will happen when you're working in sports, uh, collegiate sports for sure. Um, And I just, I jumped into the startup world. And being in the San Francisco Bay Area, there were a number of opportunities for me to, to do that. And I um, started in customer service. And then I grew to a, a startup where I was the number four employee, helping them really um, scale operationally what they were doing. And so that it was sort of those opportunities that I had in the startup world, allowing myself to really roll up my sleeves and see what are all the different intricacies and the different pieces that it takes and connecting with the founders of those companies and really using them as my mentors mm. to understand what it takes. They had had success in the past um, and just continue to learn from them what, what, what was needed. Um, an opportunity came up a little over two years ago um, 
with sports and I had a lot of experiences with working with e-commerce and retailers around the world. And that's sort of, as you think about how did I understand sort of the retail opportunity that game day can provide? It was that it was the last 10 plus years in working closely with and directly with the e-commerce leaders around the world. And that along with my passion for sports and the timing worked out really well where I was said, now's the time to, to give this a shot, had support from my wife, which wouldn't, it, you know, I wouldn't be here today if, you know, you don't have family support. Mm-hmm. Um, so it all just worked out from a timing perspective. And I decided if not now, when, um, that's important. Yeah. And it's sort of, yeah, it's, it's sort of, you know, it speaks to all of the opportunities like timing is everything figure out what, what that, what that means for, you as an individual, what that means for my family, what that means as an athlete to take advantage of situations. And I just did it, jumped in. Um, and, um, here we are, you know, (laughs) we have the platform it's live. Um, we're raising some, some money as well. So trying to continue to, um, accelerate a lot of the growth and looking for athletes to, uh, to come on board and help, um, um, help create some direction really. And, and how can we, what matters to athletes. Yeah. Uh, and that, that, you know, that's where we are today. And, and that's where I'm really excited about what we're, what we're able to offer. And um, from a partnership perspective. That's awesome. And what has been like the biggest struggles that you've had to overcome in, you know, your first couple of years of entrepreneurship? Um, I would say in some cases it's, you know, as we built the initial app, it was wanting it to be perfect. Mm. It was wanting to have all the features. It was wanting it to have all the, the capabilities and realizing that it's a process. Yeah. Um, obviously being a part of a st- startups in the past, it's a natural process. You get something live, you get your feedback and you continue to iterate. That ne- wasn't necessarily my mindset at the time because you have this vision, you have this, you know, this is sort of your baby and you want it to be perfect out of the gate because you certainly don't want to have any less than ideal feedback because it's your, you know, it's something that you've envisioned for so long. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's a lot of it is overcoming some of those hurdles around rec, you know, being reminded of the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would also, you know, I would say there has been challenges with having the conversations with athletes and agents in, um, when I've been, when I've had the question of why wouldn't we do this? Why wouldn't I come on the platform? It's almost like they're looking for me to tell them the, the negatives about the platform. Right. It's, it's, you know, you've almost had to hold your tongue and say, there's zero reason why you wouldn't <laughs> want to do it because there's no downside. Um, it's like but that interview it's, it's, question. Like, what's your, what's your, uh, your worst trait? And you're like, ah. What's your worst trait? I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> yeah, shame on me. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, so, so that, that's, that's been a challenge in trying to navigate those conversations around, um, recognizing that there aren't downsides, but almost trying to say, what, what are you doing? Why wouldn't you want to come on the platform? Why wouldn't you want to at least see what, what opportunities exist? Um, right. I, I wouldn't say that I'm a, I, I've, I don't have a lot of history on the sales side. Mm. So for me, that's part of that sales process. And it's really, um, while I'm um, all in on the opportunity, uh, there's still that salesy aspect that I'm, I'm continuing to navigate and continuing to try to figure out uh, the, the right positioning and the right, the, the right ways to follow up and do all of those other things. And that's, that's just a part of the process um, that I'm learning. And it's been a continual learning process along the way for myself personally and my growth. Right. It's like learning along the way. And like the cool thing is you can also surround yourself with people who they, they complement your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And that, that, that's also the important aspect is surround yourself with people that can help you and that want to help you. Oftentimes you'll find people that say, yeah, let me know how I can help. And then you do reach out and they, they don't get back to you. Um, so that's sort of that, that, that false, um, that, that falsity of sort of the, the support, uh, yeah. but really figuring out who is that support channel and who is that, those support elements that you can really rely on when times, when, when you're sort of in the, in the dumps, 
Yeah. As well as when you're celebrating some wins um, and that those are, those could happen daily. Right. Yeah. That, I think that's so important for anyone to figure out like who's, who's really on your team and has your back and, and who's just saying I'm here to help just because it makes them feel better that they're saying yep. I'm here to help. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And there's, yeah. there's all of them. And I don't fault people for that. Um, you know, at the time, you know, to your point, it sounded good coming out of their mouth. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah. timing is everything like we've all, like we've said. And so, that's yeah, it. I don't fault people for, for not, you know, um, doing what they say they're going to do. Um, but it's my responsibility for sort of recognizing that and not being, um, not being, um, duped a second time, you know, <laughs> it's like, let me know I can help. And you just know that's not a, that's not a, um, a truthful statement. And so you just recognize that and you move on and you, you find those that will. Mm, yeah. If anyone's like on the fence about starting their own business, what's something that you could tell them to like motivate them to do it? Because I think in 2020, I mean, we're running out of excuses not to do what we want at this point. I would say find the time to really research what it is that you're trying to do. And that will pay off. Um, so that, it, that, that is such a valuable opportunity Research is free. Absolutely. The internet has all the information that you could possibly want. Now, sifting through it and figuring out what, what is real today versus what might have been said six months ago or a year ago as far as, you know, whatever the business is that you're, you're thinking about. Um, but I would say just spend some, spend some upfront time. Um, you have it or make that time to just figure out what else is out there in the market what opportunities exist and are there people that are use use LinkedIn in particular? Are there people that are talking about the things that you're thinking about and try to build your network based on that and just have conversations mm, yeah. without, ha without wanting, without having any expectations, without having any asks necessarily aside from, I just want to, I just want to chat with you about some ideas that I've had. And especially if you have, if you're an athlete, and you already have that, 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 that aspect of your career, people want to talk to athletes all the time. People don't feel like they are of equal with athletes often, regardless of what their role is um, professionally. And so you already have, I think, the upper hand yeah. in being able to reach out. And again, use your, use your brand. That is part of your brand that you've earned. And take advantage of it. Take advantage of all the conversations that you can have and I think LinkedIn is a huge opportunity for you to have that, especially as you're thinking about your why or your next or trying to continue to maximize the opportunities that you have while you remain relevant. Mm, yeah, I think there's not that many athletes who are really taking advantage of LinkedIn because they look at it like this professional platform and they're not in that role yet. But if you can build it out now, the opportunities that you can have for connecting with people before you have to figure out life after sports, that's that's huge because there's not that many of, of the athletes on there and people want, you know, whether it's athlete advisors on their board or on yep. their company to help with product launches and different things. Or um, that's where the, the people who could connect you with the sponsorship opportunities are as well. That's actually something that I tell a lot of young athletes. They have LinkedIn is not on their radar. They're like, can I just DM this company? And I'm like, you're going to talk <laughs> to their social media or communications manager right. who might not convey your message up to the next person. They get a million DMs from people tagging them and things. Um, Versus if you can go directly to the athlete marketing manager or the brand manager, or the owner of the business or whatever it is, depending on the size of the business, that is so much more beneficial. And so learning those ways to, to go about it, whether it's Twitter or LinkedIn or these different aspects, I think that's, that's really, um, you know, kind of like a missed opportunity that a lot of athletes aren't, aren't taking advantage of. Yeah. And, and I think even if you think about um, from a career perspective, careers are, are, are finite, uh, especially sports careers. So mm -hmm. I know that I know that there's a big push today, even from younger athletes who in the off season, you know, they're looking at internship opportunities, right? How can I build on my resume? It's going to help you from a networking perspective, but it's also going to help you start to realize what do I want to do outside of sports when my career ends, it's naturally going to end and people need to realize that. And it's, and it may end before you're ready for it to end, but 
figuring out how can I, again, how can I utilize my current situation to get in with different companies to use them? And, and I say this often when I'm talking to some athletes who are interested in sort of learning the startup world. I, I actually tell them, use me, use the game day opportunity to build on your understanding and your skill set. What do you want to do out after this? Do you just want to learn about some marketing capabilities, some business development opportunities, some development capabilities to, so that you can speak differently about it when your career is over? And now you're looking at figuring out how are you going to spend the next 60 years of your life? Um, yeah. And what does that career look like? And can you utilize your brand today to get in and, and, and use some of that opportunity that you have? To, to, to start that um, on the ground floor and, and, and start that building process today. Mm, yeah, that's so important. Well, that's awesome. There's been so many takeaways for whether you're an athlete, you're an entrepreneur, or you're just interested in how, you know, these, these, the sport industry works, how athletes are monetizing their brands and really the realities of, yeah. of how much athletes are making and, and the things that they have to think about, which is, it's a lot like as an athlete, you're, you're really, you're running your own business and your business is you. Yep. And so I hope that a lot of athletes can can change that perspective and realize that, you know, when, for example, we talk about personal brand or monetizing your brand, we're not talking just about like, hey, like, just make money. Um, we're having a deeper conversation about empowerment and freedom and yeah. really just ownership of who you are and what you do and your your values and all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just, yeah, we talk about the money aspect and that, that, that's a part of it, but it's, it's so much more than that. It, it truly is, is the empowerment. It's the opportunities that you really should be able to take advantage of because of who you are and what you're, what you've built. You've, you've built a career. You've worked so hard to get to where you are. And it's not just what you're doing uh, in action. It's, it's so much more than that. So figure out ways that you want to exploit which is not really the right term, but there, there's, there's different ways to think about it. And, and what do you want out of it? Um, yeah. When, when things are over. Exactly. Well, thank yeah. you so much for coming on and for sharing more about your business. Where can people um, find out more, see if they're fit for your, for your business to be an athlete on, on the platform? Yeah. So check us out. GMDY.co uh, is our website. We also have an app on the iOS app store and the Android um, play store. Uh, under GMDY. Also feel free to email me at Danny, D-A-N-N-Y at GMDY.co. We don't turn away any athletes, any athlete that wants to participate in the platform. We're, we're excited to, to bring you on and really be a partner for you. So uh, reach out and we can have, we can start that process and um, get you up and running. If you just want to learn more, also just shoot me an email. I'm excited to, to talk more about it. Again, it's that networking thing and you don't know what conversations you're going to have. That's going to pique someone else's interest and figure out where that can go. So um, mm. excited to have further conversations. So appreciate the opportunity to talk about it, Natalie. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Hey, I think that the greatest gift in life is presence. So thank you so much for gracing me with your presence of tuning in to this episode. Now, something that I would appreciate a ton and would help this podcast keep growing is if you, one, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your social media so more people can find the podcast and hopefully we can help impact more people. As well as number two is if you can leave a rating and a written review. That means so much. And once again, thank you for being here.